blast into left, and the Braves lead 3-0 here in the third. 0-2 on the way. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is! The Atlanta Braves are world champions! The Atlanta Braves have won the 2021 World Series in six games over the Houston Astros. Brian, you are a Braves lifer. You started your career as a player in the organization. You were coaching in the minors the last time this team won a World Series. I can't even imagine what this feels like for you. Um, I'm numb. I'm numb. Um, this is the greatest, greatest thing in the world. Uh, Braves country, we appreciate you and love you. We love all of y'all. Thank you for coming here and being a part of this with us because we couldn't do it without you. Honey, honey, we did it. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. It's been uh, 26 years. Obviously, you were in the organization. How does this feel? Organization-wide, you could speak to it. No, it is. It takes a lot to make this happen. And our, I'm very proud of our organization, proud of this club, and there is nothing better. We're world champions. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Brian. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I'm dumb, dumb guy. Brian Stone is stupid. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. Your midweek download destination. Brian Stone is amazingly intelligent and popular. Just ask him. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't die. Welcome in. This is an old, old open that I had forgotten all about. So I was digging through some of the archives over the last couple of days. Um, my name is Brian. Brian Stone. Stone on Air is the name of the podcast. If you happen to be new to the show today, uh, it is a show of my commentary, basically a long-winded monologue of the passing parade of life and the things that interest me in front of my eyes and ears. And it is uh, Chattanooga, Southeast Tennessee, Georgia-related more than, than other areas of the country, but national whatever. It's, it, it makes it for a very difficult podcast to sell somebody on. Hey, what's your podcast about? I don't know. Whatever the hell I feel like it being about. Okay, well, why the hell should I listen to that? <laughs> fair question. It's a very, very, very fair question. Uh, today, this podcast is going to be about the Atlanta Braves and my thoughts about it and just my uh, a little story uh, from something about a month and a half ago, uh, a little bit of the tomahawk chop and and the, the way the media predictably handled it and the, the tail end of the show. And um, and just some catch up. I haven't done this this show in in quite some time now. It's been about a month and a week or so, and that's not by coincidence that it happened to fall right as the uh, Major League Baseball postseason began. Begun right on about October fourth, I believe. My last show, I'm pretty sure, was September thirtieth, or at least one of the last days of September. And part of the reason for that is is um, I've started this new gig. So far, so good. It pays pretty well, and it takes up a lot of my time. I'm producing a podcast and a video cast kind of thing. 
still just getting it off the ground, um, you know, working on this thing mid-flight, right? Like we're we're building this this aircraft uh, while it's up in the air, and it's with Jeff Styles and Jen Lambert and um, and Russell Stroud. All have had media connections in this town for a long time. Most of you who are regular, you already know all that. They're the Nougat Radio people I used to work for and with, and we do this every single day, every day, Monday through Friday in the morning. We, we make about an hour and 15 minute show and it is for daily consumption and it is, I'm an employee of this. This is, uh, Jen and Jeff and others involved have more skin in the game and more um, whatever, creative control, all of that. I'm just an employee of theirs and it's, um, it's fun work. I mean, I've worked with them for, you know, almost 15 years. Wouldn't have done it that long if I didn't enjoy it and this is a different kind of thing, and I, I I enjoy it, but it takes up a lot of my time, and I just haven't had any, hardly any spare time with these damn Braves. Just kept winning games. I, I've had trouble keeping my voice for for the last two weeks to three weeks. I already have weak vocal cords. If I go to a concert or to a ball game, or I'm out drinking in in a smoky room, or, or you know talking loud over the course of a couple of days, I'll lose my voice. It's always been a problem. And as you can tell, it's a little, it's it's here enough, but it's just been an exhausting month. And I I it's it's silly. I get it. I understand. I get why people are like, what the hell is the matter with you, crazy people? What is what is so important about a silly, silly ass baseball game and a sport to get so damn worked up? I'm losing my appetite. Like when I'm have high levels of anxiety and, and nervousness, I lose my appetite. I could go a day and a half without eating if I was nervous the entire time. I'm having trouble eating. And when I do eat, I'm not eating properly. I mean, I'm eating a lot of junk food. Um, I'm not getting enough sleep. I'm I'm staying up too late because when we win the big games. I listen to the, all the post games and watch the post game television stuff until late, late, late at night. One, two o'clock in the morning, then we're, you know, recording at, at, at nine something in the morning, and then I don't get home till right as, as soon as the next game starts. <laughs> and it's just like a never-ending monthly cycle that I wasn't, or month and a, a week or so, that I wasn't able to have any time or energy to record a show. But I wanted to. There were so many things I wanted to say. There were so many things I wanted to, um, to touch on during this run, not just Braves-related, other things going on in the world. I just never got around to it. And tomorrow I am going to the parade. So I'm recording this on Thursday, the 4th of November. And um, it'll post tonight and you know be widely available for the entire day on Friday. And um, I'm going to try to get back to a weekly thing. But I don't, I'm, at this point, I've got to put most of my energy into that other gig. But just so you're all caught up on that. But um, I am just, I'm elated. Like it's a, this has just been exhilarating. Like nothing in my life has ever made me feel like this, and I I do find it. I, I I'm almost embarrassed by it. I really am. I'm almost embarrassed that I'm this childlike, that I'm this. I let this affect my mental health so much. I have paced twenty miles in my house probably in the last three weeks. I don't sit down. I'm standing up, yelling at the TV, screaming, jumping up, falling to the ground, acting like a 10-year-old child. And it's because when I was 10, 11 years old, this team became one of the most exciting sport sporting organizations and have stayed close to that 
with not much success on the grandest stage for my entire life, my adolescent life, my teenage life, my 20-something life, my 30-something life, and now as I'm sitting here staring at 42 years old. It's, it's, it's still hard to think about and talk about without getting really, really freaking emotional. I, I'm just so, so excited, and I'm so happy. And there were so many things that just kept going right. You know, Every year, or not every year, but many, many years in professional sports, all of them, there's a team that just, you don't know how they got there. You don't understand what makes them good. Every bounce seems to go their way. Every time things seem like they're about to crash, they don't. And because we, you, don't, you don't follow that team, you can't understand. But when you follow the team day in, day out, and you know the makeup and you know everything about it, you, you get it. But it's still hard to believe because that's never that. That's never my team. My team's never that team that does that. Ever. Never. <laughs> Not even close. The Titans came real close a year and a half ago, two years ago, to being that team that just, whoa, what the hell? You know, we were one bad half of football away from a, from a potential Super Bowl appearance. And that was this team. Everything went the way you needed it to go. And it was so hard to believe, yet it made so much sense because they are they are good. Don't let the 88 wins fool you. They are good. So um, real quick before I play a few pieces of audio from Jim Rome that I just I just I love him so much. And when I get when my team gets national attention, especially from a, a show like the Jim Rome show that I've listened to my whole life, I I, I just absolutely <coughs> excuse me, I just absolutely love it. Um, boy, they are cashing in on our fandom, though, man. I stopped by Dick's to pick up some Braves gear, a tumbler, a, a bench towel, a, a, a hat, a little lanyard. I mean, my God, this stuff is jacked up price. But I mean, I'm 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 excited to do it. And a real really quick story about the um, the parade for tomorrow. It is going to be a zoo, an absolute zoo. And um, I talked to my boss the other day as soon as the series started, and I just I almost whispered. I said, "Listen, here's the deal: if the Braves win the World Series, I have to go to the parade. But don't tell anybody I said that because I can't think about the World Series or the parade or winning until it actually happens. Like when we were in the playing the Dodgers." It was, you know, who would you rather play, the Red Sox or the Astros? Get out of here with that mess. Get out of here. I can't sit around and talk about this. I'll play the 27 Yankees on the moon. I don't care. I can't do this conversation. Are you crazy? Get the hell out of here. And I'm not superstitious. I'm not superstitious at all. But I just I can't do that. That's To me, that's irresponsible to, to have those discussions. But I needed to make sure and let him know because this was going to be an abrupt day to be taken off. And he got it. It was they know me. I mean, I've been doing this, taking off for playoff games in the middle of the day, several times over the last twenty years, and I'll explain some of those in the in the next segment. But I got on um, online to try to get a ticket to the stadium where the parade concludes, and it's I think it's where you're going to want to be because that's where all the, everybody's going to end up, and there's going to be a ceremony of some kind. But there's only forty one thousand tickets, and you know half a million people that want to go. And so I couldn't get through. Ticketmaster crashed. And it didn't crash. It just I just couldn't get in. 
And then a friend of mine from um, from high school that I didn't wasn't friends with in high school. He was a geek. I was I thought I was cool anyway. And um, but we knew who each other were. We go back, probably known who he is, 10, 11, 12 years old. And over the course of the last 20 years, he listened to the radio station. So he knew what I was doing and he kept up with me. And he, he was I ran into him one day like 15 years ago. And he's a huge Braves fan, and we talked shop and taught Braves for a minute and had a nice little catch-up. And then over the course of the next 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years, we uh, we chat a little, just barely, through social media during the playoffs or during a big, big Braves game, but generally the playoffs. And he texted me today and said, hey, did you get a ticket? And I said, no. I was all jammed up, couldn't get through. Said I'm just I'm flying solo too, you know. I, but I'll, I'll be there, and maybe I'll run into you. It'll be all good. And when we talk, you know, we don't go back and forth and have long winded conversations. It's quick and to the point. And he said, "Hold on, man, I might have one for you." It's like well, that would be pretty damn cool. Thirty seconds later, you know, phone notification, boom. You here's your ticket to the World Series parade. I mean, they're free. They don't cost anything, but they're they're at a Massive, massive premium and very, very much in high demand. And that just, that made my day. And it goes back to the things I've talked about over and over, over and over and over and over for years. Is that, and I don't believe in karma or any of the spiritual nature of those kinds of things. But if you help people out in settings like this, and you are are generous with your time and your availability and your access and uh, those kinds of things, sporting events, concerts, um, just, just things for enjoyment in life. If you, if you help somebody out, they're going to help you out. It always comes back and it's always, it's, it's been my motto for my whole life and it has worked for me countless times. And, uh, man, was that just cool as hell. So Dallas Taylor, thank you very, very much. Um, so I'll be heading down there. I don't have any parking. I don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be a zoo. Uh, no, no expectations at this point. I just want to be near it. I just want to be in the area code. I just want to be in the in the zip code. I just want to be close enough to hear it, feel it, taste it, smell it, all that stuff. Um, here, are just a couple of. Uh, just, I'm not doing you know uh, greatest idea or worst idea or anything. Just going to do three of these um, audios from uh, the Jim Rome show. Which on, uh, on on his open is usually the biggest story of the day, and he spends about twenty minutes on it, and it's usually very very good, very entertaining. Well, it just so happened, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID that same day as the World Series win. So on a national show like his, that takes precedence over the Braves World Series. So he didn't get to it until about two hours into the show. It's like, oh my god, he's not even going to do a segment on the Braves. Come on, man! And then he eventually. Did here's three clips I got from for you. Um, I quickly tried to label them. This is just the, the very beginning of him talking about the Braves winning the World Series again. This is Jim Rome, a um, national sports uh, uh, television and uh, radio personality out of Southern California. Probably I should talk some baseball. I mean, after all, the World Series is over. After all, the Atlanta Braves did win it. After all, Atlanta, you can finally chill. Exhale. It's all good. You did not implode. You did not choke again on the big stage. You won something. Even though so many people wanted you to choke and were waiting on another choke, 
you did not give the people what they wanted. There was no choking away a 3-1 World Series lead. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were terrified, terrified of this. And um, finally, for the first time in a in a generation, in a well, at least a solid generation, the Atlanta Braves did not choke. And then he references um, coming up in this next clip, of course, Alabama ripping the hearts out of uh, Georgia's fan base a couple of years ago in the championship game, and of course, twenty eight to three. He's only going to mention the ones that are nationally relevant. We could do Braves choking and falling down on their faces and losing in spectacular fashion and other Atlanta sports as well. We could do this for 25 years. He just picks the two that everybody knows. Tua did not run onto the field and snatch your souls the way he did when he crushed Georgia a couple of years back. And there certainly was no choking a 28-3 lead on the biggest stage of all. And if you're looking for the guy who snapped the city's curse and made sure that this team did not add to an entire region's history and legacy of choke jobs. He was standing in the batter's box in the top of the third wearing number 12 and about to hit one of the biggest bombs you will ever see. Roll it. There they go. Pitch on the way. He attacks and smokes one to deep left. This one's going supersonic. That is out of the ballpark. Whoa! Over the train tracks, it's 3-0 Atlanta. And Jorge Soler lands the first punch here on the top of the third inning. Jorge Soler, if you need him. The guy who started the World Series with a leadoff home run pretty much ended it last night with an even bigger bomb. Oh, absolutely. Just I jumped out of my skin, if you know you know, and in the final uh, piece of audio I have from you from Jim Rome, I just labeled just final thoughts on Soler, Braves, and the Spanish call of that three-run home run in the third inning of the decisive game six of the 2021 World Series. Big blast on a big stage for a region of the country that is big on choking. It's as if that dude was telling everybody around Georgia. And the rest of the country, man, not on my bleeping watch. Let me see that again, but this time in Spanish. What an amazing call. I think he held that call that long, waiting for the ball to drop. So, there's your World Series MVP right there. Three home runs in the series. All three home runs were go-ahead home runs. So, that's clutch as hell. The irony of all ironies. Did you ever expect me to say this about the Braves? That they're clutch. Or really any team in Atlanta. That they're clutch. But this Atlanta Braves team is clutch as hell. The fact that they're the World Series champs and the team to break the ATL's championship drought is crazy as hell. Solaire power. Hit it to the Solaire system. That guy is a monster. One of the many trades made. I, If you're listening to this as far, you already know what the story is, so there's no reason to recap all of that. But just uh, 
Yeah, just just the excitement of being able to watch this stuff on the national TV, television shows, being able to watch part of the interruption every day and all through the NLCS and all through the the World Series. They're at the top of the ticker. They're the top or the second story every day on the on the national broadcast, which most national broadcasts are junk and garbage. I don't really care anyway. But the ones that I do love, oh my God, I get to hear them talk about my team. And they get to talk about my team as winners, as people who put on a show. Whether most of the country cared or not doesn't matter to me. When Atlanta got blasted back in the day for not selling out playoff games in cavernous Turner Field holds almost 60,000 people. I said, you know what? You count how many people are in the seats. I'll let you worry about that. I want to see a championship on this damn field. And I never seem to get to. Except for this year, I kind of did. And it just makes this run to this World Series that much more special and amazing to me and emotional. And at the time, I didn't think it meant all that much. But in the end, it really, really does. And I'll explain what I mean by all of that coming up next. More of Stone on Air coming up. I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. At StoneOnAir.com. I think Max Freed won that game in the first inning last night. He had first and second and nobody out. And Carlos Correa came up and he struck him out. He got out of that inning with no runs and two strikeouts. And the next five innings, he allowed only three hits. And two of those guys were erased on double erased, plays. Baby, nobody yeah. got to second base. No walks. Nobody got to second base in the next five innings. That's the kind of starting pitching, you're right, that you and I are used to. And that was critical to me. Let me go back on their season, though. They only won 88 games, and I think they got fortunate in this regard. They won the NL East, which was the weakest division, obviously, because the least amount of wins won that division. And as a result of that, they didn't have to play the Giants or the Dodgers in the first round. They got Milwaukee in the first round. And when they got the Dodgers, they got a team that had gone through the wild card and a tough series with the Giants where More they had injuries. to come back. And they were, yeah. they were gassed. And they were yeah. gassed at that point. That doesn't mean I think they're lucky, Mike. I don't think they're lucky. Because they closed in their last 70 games. They were 47-23. and 23. That's a locomotive. And what they did, and the reason I picked them all along, and I know you didn't, was because they could win close games. In the four games that they won in the World Series, they held Houston, the best hitting team in baseball, to two runs or fewer in those games. I'm not saying they're a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but they really closed well. I understand everything, and now I can die. This is um, Nina Gordon from the band Veruca Salt. It's really kind of a silly song, but it was her one solo album she put out after the Brook Assault Band from the 90s broke up. And it's real poppy and it's not good at all, but this one song is I've always liked and I've always thought of it as kind of to a few things in my life that if if I could if I could just get this one thing then it it'll open my eyes and it it's okay. Now I can die. Now it's okay to die. I said to myself or to whoever would listen or just talking out loud, whatever, that 
if the Braves could just win the World Series, just one, just one before I die, I'll be one of the happiest people ever because we take these things for granted so freaking bad. When I was a kid, I was a Vols fan, Titans fan, and uh, and a Braves fan in the late 90s and the early 2000s. And the Vols and the Braves and the Titans always won. And they were always winning. And I just thought, of course, sweet, this is what we do. We win. We win championships. Or if we don't win this championship, we'll win next year's championship. It's all good, man. So there wasn't this super strong emotional tie once it was over. It wasn't crushing. It didn't matter because we'll be here and we'll do it again. And many teams and many organizations go lifetimes, multiple lifetimes, without winning championships. See the Red Sox, see the Cubs, see the uh, the Indians, soon to be the Guardians, see the Detroit Lions, see the, uh, the whoever else you know who they are. And as you get old and realize they might not ever do it again, there's no guarantees in life. If I could just get the one championship, and I really do think I might watch baseball differently going forward. I'll get back with you next year. Well, you know, we'll see. I don't need five championships. I don't need what the Red Sox have or what the Patriots have. I mean, I, I'll take it. I just needed I just needed one ride, man. One wild ride. One thing to satisfy this long, grueling, impossibly stupid long season of baseball. And so the next, I guess, will be my Titans and, and a Super Bowl run, which I've, I've still never had a Super Bowl. But, I mean, baseball is my sport. It matters to me more. Um, so I've been to uh, five playoff games with the, for the Braves, division series games at Turner Field, uh, two in 2003, one in 04, one in 05, and one in 2010. And we lost all five of those. And I, I did, I said, and I meant it, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not going to National League Division Series anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm just, I'm not spending the money. Even when I didn't used to care about that when I was younger, it was just still, I'm tired of going through this. If we ever make the National League Championship Series, then I'll go. Or at least that's what I would regularly think to myself. Well, we finally, for first time in, 20 years almost, we make it to the NLCS last year during COVID. Okay, so that's not happening. Can't go to the NLCS. I promise you I would have gone last year. Um, I went to the battery and hung out last year, but I didn't go to a game because there was no game to be played. They played it in, um, wait, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They played the NLCS and the World Series in one spot in Arlington, Texas. And even that series had, you know, we lost it 3-1. to one. I mean, we, we were winning 3-1, to one, and the Dodgers won three in a row and beat us and crushed us again, and we choked away again. And so this year, I, um, I didn't go to any postseason games, and here's the reason why. Because it, right around mid-September, I started to realize, I remembered, or didn't remember, I, I started to, to believe that this team was probably going to win the division. And the thought was, even though they were playing so much better, it was such a rough season that the thought was the pinnacle is winning the 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 uh, the division championship, which is a big deal. It's a 162 game season. You want to win the championship. You play to win the game. Herm Edwards quote, 
right? I'm th- that's what we're here for. Not for second place. I want a wild card. We want to win the division first place. And I have I have still yet to ever stand in a stadium and watch my team win anything that mattered, other than just random regular season games. That they're fun, but those are social events to a certain degree. You know, I'm not sitting there in my seat watching every pitch on a July. 30, 28th game on a Saturday. I mean, you know, we're hanging out. We're having fun. And I woke up on whatever day it was. Gorgeous, beautiful, perfect, freaking perfect weathered morning. And I was about to start the new gig, the production gig, the next week on October 4th as the season was ending. And we were, uh, our magic number was down to one, which means if we win one more game, we win the National League um, Eastern Division which gets you a, a, a home field advantage in the first round of the playoffs. So it's a, it's a big enough deal. And I woke up that uh, whatever day it was, and I just said, I need to go to Atlanta today. I need to call out of work, which means just say, hey, can I, can I burn some days? I'm not going to call in sick and screw people over. I made some calls, made some texts. Hey, can you cover me? I've done this before. I've done this before. I even preface like, hey, you remember back in 05 when I just kind of up and ran off and went to a playoff game? And he was actually, yeah, I kind of do. I was like, well, I need to do that again, even though it's not a playoff game. Because I just had this really strong feeling that that night they were going to win the division championship and I needed to be there. And so everybody said, that's fine. And I threw on my jersey and I bought a ticket in the 400 section for $27.50. And all the parking was sold out. It's like, how the hell can you sell me a ticket but not parking? And if you know anything about the battery in Atlanta, I don't have time to explain it to you, but parking is a is is a not easy, and it, especially if you haven't pre-purchased it. If you pre-purchased it, you're fine. So I'm on my way down there without a without even knowing where I'm going, how I'm going to park. I, I'm still getting familiar with the battery. I've only been there like three times. And so I take off, and I'm just in a great mood, and I'm listening to, you know, 680, the fan out of Atlanta, you know, radio. And I get down there, and I find the days in right at the corner of the Windy Hill exit. I don't remember what road that is. Um, It might be just Cobb Parkway. I don't know. Anyway, right there at the intersection. And I, I can tell this is a good little walk from the stadium, but it's gorgeous outside. Why Why not? Just Let's just park here. They have $25 parking. Almost nobody in the lot. I'm there at like noon, and the game doesn't start till 7 o'clock. It might have been more like 2, but anyway, it was early. And I went in. I said, hey, how does this work? Paid them 25 bucks. Hell, they had ice machines. I was able to fill up uh, with some ice. They had you know, a bathroom I could use. I was like, this is perfect. I'll just go walking around the rest of the day. This is going to be fun. And so I go into the battery. I go to find my favorite radio show. They're um, set up right outside the stadium. And I always bug them and just say, hey, they actually kind of do remember me, but I'm sure I'm annoying them. Anyway, it was a festive atmosphere, so everybody was in a great mood. And I literally just sat there at this um, distillery and um, watched them do the show. Then the show ended around 5.30 or so, and then I went to... Sports and Social, which is just one of the best sports bars you're ever going to go to. A, t- a, a screen the size of a massive wall. It's like the biggest TV screen in Atlanta. That's what they they claim it to be. I believe them. Anyway, grabbed a bite. That was good. 
Then I went and said, you know what? Let's just get into this stadium early and avoid all this mess and just get ready for this game. And I went in and the game is probably by the time I went to find my seat, I just wanted to see where it was. I wasn't planning on sitting in it. And I go to find it, and it's way up there, but it's still great sight lines. It's a fine enough place to watch a game if you if you had to. And I see there's there's not many people in this sec- section yet. There's a few, but not many. And I look at my seat number, and it is uh, right next to this woman that's probably about my age, and um, and some younger kid, probably 15, 14, 15, 16 years old. And he had fiery red hair, and she had very dark brown hair. So I knew it wasn't her boyfriend, but I figured it probably wasn't her son either. But anyway, so I went and sat a couple seats over, and she probably thought I was trying to hit on her at first, and I swear to you I wasn't. And I just said, hey, even though I'm probably not going to come back up here the rest of the game, I just figured I would say hello, and my seat is right next to you, but I'm going to sit over here until, unless it crowds in, just, but just hello. I don't remember her name. And um, we start chatting. The game hasn't started yet. Turns out that's her niece, I guess. So like her sister's son or something. And we end up um, chit-chatting a little bit. And it wasn't uncomfortable. And it wasn't weird. I uh, She very quickly made it very clear to me that she was married. She mentioned it many times. And they're season ticket holders, but they're the they're they're package season ticket holders. Where some games they have better seats than others, and and I know that's okay. And I, none of this is flirtatious. Or and and at the end of the day, after I got done talking to her, I realized she's not even in my you know she's not my type, quote unquote. But that's not what this was about at all. This woman knew Braves baseball like no person I have ever had a discussion with in my life, ever. Period. Some of my best favorite Braves fan friends don't know Braves baseball like this woman does. Just pick a year, the 2006 Braves, and the shortstop or the the right fielder with Brian Jordan or whoever was on the team or for whatever playoff run, 96, 2011, 2013. Just pick a year. And we just started talking about that season. It was so authentically awesome and as platonic as it could be. And I was just in love with the fact that, that, you know, I'm, I'm sober, you know, I'm, I had a couple of beers throughout the afternoon, but I'm not drinking a lot. I'm just having these authentically awesome conversations. And so I, I, I go to get a beer and I normally would have thought I wouldn't come back, but I did. And uh, she doesn't drink. She's just glued on watching this game. It gets started. We start watching it. Jole, uh, uh, Jorge Soler, who was just being uh, those clips that was the MVP of the World Series, hit a leadoff home run to start the game. We beat the Phillies up 5-1, something like that. It was never in doubt. And we, I watched that game intently all the way through and, and never left the section. And we just chit-chatted and celebrated and cheered. And it was, it was amazing. It was incredible. I got to stand inside of this stadium and watch my team finally win something. And all it was was the division championship, which means you are a, you know, a light year away, away from being 
where you, you know, to the pinnacle, the World Series. No one in this stadium thinks we're going to the World Series. Not a single one of us. But no one thought we would win this division either. And here we just did. And it was great. And watched some of the on-field celebration and then said, very nice to meet you. See you later. I'll never see her again. I barely remember what she looks like just because she just no features that were worth remembering. I don't remember her name. But it was such a, it was a delight. It was just joyful. And I got my car and I head home. I made it home by like 12.15. Jumped up, went back to work the next day. And, I, and, and for me, I was like, that's, that's what I needed. I needed something to experience and have a great time before I'm probably locked up working every morning for who knows how long, how long this gig's going to last. None of these gigs ever last very long. And um, it was just, it was amazing. And so when I look back on it after everything that's happened since then, it's, it, it, it makes it that much more emotional because I thought I was watching my World Series, quote unquote, my moment five weeks ago, live in person. And then fast forward to now, and I'm going to a World Series parade in Cobb County in uh, about 10 hours from right now. And uh, man, I, I'm sure there was more to it. I was uh, th- that that would have added to to the story because I'm I was gonna do a podcast as soon as I got back. I was like, I got to tell somebody about this. This was so cool. And I guess I'll put the wraps on it right there because I've I've got no notes itself. I'm just I'm just going on a memory here and my and I'm here we go struggling with the voice once again. So. Thank you so much for finding this podcast. Stone on Air on all social media is how you can get a hold of me if you do happen to be new to the show today. And, um, yeah, so I'll wrap that up right there. Uh, I'm not going to get into the political nature of the, um, the tomahawk chop and the, um, and, and the nicknames of, of sporting teams and those kinds of things. But I am going to talk about the media and, and just how disappointed I am with the um the one thing I used to love almost as much as anything, the media that I wanted so much to be a part of all my life and thought was so important to to uh, well to democracy overall, but just to to lots of different people and different aspects and what people say matters, words matter. Um, it's just a very frustrating way that the predictable nature of how this went into the world series so i'll spend a few minutes on that and then um wrap things up so it, it do i did i mean it all those years that i said that you know now i can die now everything is in place if i could just get that one single world series well next year or five years from now if they make a run into the playoffs will i be that emotionally wrecked every night every day will i i don't know only time will tell but the payoff made it all worth it. The payoff made it all worth it. Hang tight. I'll be right back. Now more. Stone on air. It's about to get all stupid up in here. <laughs>
On a uh, serious note, the World Series has drawn a crowd outside the Metrodome. This is a coalition organized by the Twin Cities-based American Indian Movement and includes a number of civil rights activists who have come to demonstrate against what they call a stereotypic and warlike depiction of Native Americans, especially when it comes to fans, they say, who don war paint and Indian headdress and perform the now-famous tomahawk chop. Owner Ted Turner declined to comment, but club president Stan Kasten had this to say all earlier. All in the organization, on the field and off the field, have worked all our adult lives to get here. And we're going to focus only on that for the rest of the series. And then when the series is over, we can sit down and uh, address any issue with whatever seriousness it deserves. But as a human being, do you understand their, their point anyway? Uh, like all other questions on the subject, we're going to hold off any discussion until after the series is over. Right now, we're just going to concentrate on baseball for the rest of the week. All my favorite songs are slow and sad. All my favorite people make me mad. It's the perfect song. Everything that feels so good is bad. Everything that feels so good is bad, bad, bad. Somewhat new music from Weezer came out earlier this year. Just like they all do, just like I always say, they jumped this year's jumped up and run off without me. Time flies and ain't got a damn thing to do with whether you're having any fun or not. Clocks fall back, stupid bleeping. Right? I'm having fun. Things are good. I'm going to a parade tomorrow. Don't get mad. Put that clock falling back thing, man. I know. If you're here regularly, I'd do it every damn year. Get some new material, Brian. Um, so uh, just quickly, that was a footage from uh, the World Series in 1991. And um, I. so this has been going on for a long time. And... I, I can't tell you what uh, does or doesn't offend you. I can't tell you that you're wrong or right. I mean, I guess I can agree with you, and I can disagree with you, but that offended is, that word is, all, it's, it's emotional-based. It's not always factual-based. I mean, much of the time it is, but much of the time it also is not. So if somebody is offended by the Native American imagery and sounds and uh, other people's actions at, uh, at ballparks or any kind of gatherings anywhere or any kind of caricatures or those kinds of things. I, I can't tell you that that's not offensive. And, um, and, and that's up to you to decide for yourself. And so if, if people are offended by, the Native American uh, aspect to a lot of nicknames in sports, then that's their right to be offended. And I'm sure as long as I talk to somebody who is articulate and wanted to have a real conversation, I could be convinced that I would agree with them. The problem is most people who do this are not articulate or doing anything that is actually solving any problems in the world. And now that we have these you know, social media megaphones, it gets that much more multiplied. The The good thing is, in a lot of ways, is that these social media megaphones are getting so drowned in, the, in an ocean of social media content that people are, are forgetting or not caring about things 
as much as they were, or at least I know I am. So is the chop racist? I'll let you and everybody else talk amongst yourself about that. I do want to make sure people understand what the Braves are. The the term Braves, and this is going to be um, uh, not doing it the right justice of, of, of definition, but basically what a Brave was in Indian uh, in Indian, Indian culture in the primitive days of you know Native American history is that a young man coming of age in a war, a battle, um, any anything that would uh, take a heroic effort, that would get you a feather, I believe is what it is. But I, it, 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 the terminology for it is you are a brave. You're, you're, you're part of the braves if you've proven your value, your worth to whatever the dangerous, heroic situation was. Okay, So it's not a tribe. It's a, it's a more generic term used by many tribes. And the South, uh, the South Seminole, I live on South Seminole. These Seminoles in uh, at Florida State have long said all these years, of course, they do the chop too, and the Kansas City Chiefs do the chop, and, and I'm just going to go assuming that you already know these things. Um, the, the Seminoles have always said, well, the Seminole tribe endorses this, and they have our blessing. Okay, that's fine. That's great. That doesn't mean it's not still offensive. If somebody's still offended by it, other tribes, there's countless other tribes all throughout the South and all over, you know, all over the country. Okay, fine. Big deal. If it's offensive, it's offensive. If, if someone finds it's racist, it's just because a Seminole said it's not racist doesn't mean that it, that it isn't to somebody. And there is an alliance with uh, Native American leaders and the Atlanta Braves. They, they, flag, uh, they fly one of the flags in their outfield, along with the American flag and the state flag of Georgia. They honor the colors during the national anthem of all those same flags. I don't know who the organization is, and I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you, I don't care. I just know that there is an, uh, there is an alliance with, uh, with, with the uh, Native American indigenous people organization in the South. Now, probably what it is, Cherokee and Harris uh, sports book and, and gambling in, in – um, where is that? That's in Murphy, and it's in one other place in um, wherever the hell it is. I I guarantee you they funnel all kinds of money into that operation of, oh, well, of course you can do the Tomahawk Chop's fine. You give us $10 million a year. I'm making stuff up. So is that authentic? I don't know. And once again, I'll say I don't care. But the chief, the Kansas City Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl and went to two in a row, and have been in the 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 limelight of of NFL teams for the last three or four years. They do the tomahawk job, and they have for years. The Seminoles started it. They did it first. The Florida State, and when Deion Sanders came, were drafted by the Braves in the early '90s, and the run came. So came the chop, and it got louder and more thunderous in Atlanta as they were so good for so many years, even though they rarely won the, the ultimate prize, the World Series, only the one time until earlier this week. And so here come the predictable, boring, filed away stories and columns saved to a flash drive so they can regurgitate it with just a few you know, additions or quotes from whoever and just recycled nonsense that these media members, sports media, super getting more and more liberal by the day, especially ESPN. And, you know, I'm a liberal kind of guy, but sometimes enough's enough. This fake ass woke. It's just it's it's embarrassing. 
it's lazy, it's boring, and oh, here we come. Here, here, here comes Atlanta. They got a weekend of a World Series, three games, and guess what? Jeff Passan, writer for ESPN, who I'm a big fan of, he does great work. He's really, he's really good at what he does. He's my age. He's 42 years old. And this was his moment to be the woke guy. Reporting for ESPN with this massive free article. Of course, they don't put the paywall up because they want all the eyes they can get. They want the World Series to amplify this clickbait that he puts out there. All right? And he's he's good, and he's he's getting renowned, and, and this was, hey, we'll... We're going to get some major eyes out of this. Their fake-ass wokeness and their fake, fake outrage. And it was even being discussed in Atlanta media, like, here it comes. Get ready. Any day now, people are going to try to outwoke themselves when they know they're going to have a massive audience. That's boring and lazy. So he does it, predictably. Bob Nightingale from uh, USA Today does the same thing. Two, three, four, five, many others did as well. I didn't read a single word of them. Not a single word. And I'll wrap this up here in just a couple of minutes. I'm, I, I, I've got a little more political than I planned. But here's my biggest thing. And I even put it on Facebook because I was making a specific point that had nothing to do with politics because I don't talk politics on Facebook. I might on Twitter, but not even that much. You can't bait me. You can't poke me. You can't you can't drag me, you know, draw me off sides and get me, oh, man, I'll type a bunch of stuff out. No, I, I won't do it. I don't do it. You can't do it to me because I'm emotionally in complete control on social media. But I did put it on Facebook because... I thought my most people that would see it would would understand where I was coming from, and most of them did. ESPN, on that weekend, when the Braves were in the World Series in Atlanta, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, being aired on, uh, on Fox, right? So another network. ESPN goes all woke and starts posting these, you know, from Jeff Passan and retweeting and all this stuff, this long, lengthy, probably very well-written article and he probably means, he might mean every word of it. That's fine. That's okay. That's cool. I can't tell you to not be offended. That's not, that's not my place. But that very same network, that exact same weekend, this was so perfect. It worked out so wonderfully for me to laugh and laugh and hashtag and just, just, just be annoying. That very same network aired Florida State football on Saturday at 3.30. And if that weren't good enough, they aired Kansas City Chiefs football Monday night live from Arrowhead Stadium. That is perfect. So freaking perfect. You hypocrite, loser, bleep, bleep, and bleep, bleep, bleep. Give me a break. Get out of here. You're not even trying. You're not even trying to not look like absolute fools. Florida State, who created the tomahawk chop at sporting events on a Saturday. Kansas City Chiefs, who have been to two Super Bowls and won one on your network on Monday Night Football that gets the worst ratings of most football games every week. The the worst ratings most weeks or Monday Night Football. So where was the article about the Chiefs and their tomahawk chop? Where was the article about the Florida State chop and the Seminoles 
Oh, wait, I'm, I'm still waiting on that. I'm tapping my wrist as if there's a watch. The international sign for waiting. Come on. Was it, you know, the Judge, Judge Judy one? We're waiting. I thought the chop was racist. Yet you're going to air two football games over the same weekend that you make this huge deal about the Tomahawk chop in Atlanta being racist. The Braves are racist. The chop is racist. Shut up. Get out of here. Get lost. Get missing. I don't have any time for this. Shut up. Give me a break. Take to, to Scream this out in the woods to everybody else who might listen of Twitter, but not me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not falling for this garbage. And that's it. And that's it. And I think most people completely realized, you know, on a, on a local level, on a small level, of the small reach I have in social media, which isn't much, and probably said... Of course they're fools. TSPN. Why would why did we even pay attention this to this to begin with? All right, um, that's it. I gotta go. Appreciate you so much uh, finding the show. Sorry I hadn't been around. I do appreciate the small but pretty loyal uh, audience that um, some reach out to me and, and ask, "Hey, where's where's the show, man? Waiting on the show." And that kind of stuff makes me feel great. But it's just been a wild month, five weeks or so, and I am just elated. I'm exhilarated, I'm exhausted, and I'm, I'm just, I'm still, it's, I'm, I have emotions that I have difficulty even trying to explain. There was one day, it might have been, it might have been game six, the days are running together, but it was a day I woke up where I had bad dreams the night before, and, um, and I had terrible anxiety, and I, I, I had to take some Klonopin to chill, chill the F out, and it's, it is, it's silly, it's silly, it's silly. But it's real. Um, we got a parade. We have a parade in Atlanta. And I'm going to be there. I love you. See you later. Bye.